Welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, a show produced by Hot Chocolate Media, where we make up a movie for you really fast based on a random suggestion from the internet. I am your moderator today, and my name is Jacob Gulliver. As always, I am joined by three of Hollywood's most illustrious guests. Joining us for the very first time via time travel from the year 2139 comes our new friends David Ellen and Kirsten Wade, who will be doing uh, directing and writing, respectively. And then we have uh, our good friend Kyle Decker, who is Norman Reedus's personal hair and makeup artist. Welcome. Hello. Uh, it's good, good to, to be, be here. here. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that, being from the future. We can't predict everything that the, these people are going to say. Do not tell them what's coming. All right, so here is your prompt for today. The theme of this story is a humorous character study. The main characters are a greedy murderer and a domineering actor. The major event of this story is adoration. All right, so, uh, you know, I, I really feel like I would like to take it back a couple hundred years to the far, far distant past, maybe about the 1920s, and something a little bit more noir. Uh, fun, you know, quirky, but we've got this actress who has been absolutely obsessed with the Black Dahlia murder that just happened. And so she has been going around town trying to figure out who this is. She is absolutely angry that um, the uh, poor victim in that murder had become more famous than her. So she wanted to um, demand that this murderer would then uh, murder her. After, of course, she starred in a biopic and got all the fame and glory. So it begins uh, with this sort of search for who this killer could be. I would like for her to maybe team up with a um, a really no-nonsense PI, somebody who could uh, sort of tone her down because being an actress at the time, she's probably going to be a little flighty. We're going to get a lot of energy from her. It's great. And um, then in the end, we do find out that the murderer was her assistant the entire time and uh, who had been absolutely in love with her, who knew that you know she was looking for him and leaving those clues to lead her in the right direction, um, but just wanted wanting to be as near to her as she wanted to be to him. And it ends with her deciding not to be murdered because the film is now uh, that she created was uh, up for a few awards and things. Uh, she decided she wanted to take it around to a couple festivals. Maybe she could start getting into the um, German and Italian film tradition, which I believe was starting about that time. She changes her mind, but that uh, murderer doesn't change his mind. <laughs> so, uh, you know, being a bit of a greedy guy, guy himself he would like to get those victims so he uh, has to convince her in the last act of this film that no 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 really the good do die young and the best way to really memorialize that film and to get it to be as famous as she wanted would be to die so it's a bit of a reversal I would say in that end if we could just make sure that I have a lot of one-liners for her, uh, she's going to be very zingy and on there. The PI who's going to be helping her, I would like him to be 
just serious, maybe almost monotone. He is going to be uh, kind of shooting her down constantly, but she's the one with money, so <laughs> really it's not his choice what they do. And uh, maybe he gets killed in the end. We have to make sure to fall in love with him by that time, but if uh, he's the one that ends up dying, I think it could give a little bit of a surprising twist. And do you have a title for this film? Oh, yes. I would like to call it The White Dahlia because that's going to be the name of the film that she wants to create about herself. All right. So, David, you've got a draft for The White Dahlia uh, delivered the moment after it was concepted, also via time travel. So what do you think? Is this working for you? And how do you put your vision on this? Absolutely. Having received this script both yesterday and tomorrow, I've had a chance to read it a, a, a couple of times. I've gotten some uh, gotten some real inspiration from this. I think that I think that this really does have legs to it. It really depends on how we, what kind of box we put this in. Maybe like a tiered level of boxes. Maybe perhaps like one of those grid things like you can get out of Ikea. Ikea still exists where we come from. Good to know. Uh, I got a couple of uh, got a couple of ideas for uh, who we can put into the to these roles. I think the actress. I don't know about you. I'm seeing Anna Kendrick, the, of course, the famous Pitch Perfect star and future Nobel Peace Prize winner. And shouldn't have said that, Anna Kendrick. I think that she can really deliver those zingy one-liners that you're that you're thinking of. I think that she's got a perfect kind of both. She's got a kind of a heartfelt deadpan, if that makes any sense. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll. That, that's going to be all the rage in a couple hundred years, I promise you. And um, the P.I. that you mentioned as well, um, I'm seeing that fantastic, that Oscar Isaac gentleman. I think that this will be a really fantastic zenith of his career before the eventual... I really shouldn't go it's into tragic. that. It's tragic. It's really, really tragic. We can't talk about it. We can't tell them. And then the murderer, I think that in... You're talking about twists. I think that if the murderer was just a Hemsworth... There's about 15 of them. I think that if it was a different Hemsworth every time, every scene, nobody's going to know the difference until we tell them in the special features later on. I think that this is something that we can pull off probably without too much CG, except for, of course, the murders themselves. We need to go spectacular with these murders. I mean all out with the murders. So, like, what I'm saying is that, like, you gotta have, like, really awesome zingy Anna Kendrick bits. You gotta have really cool kind of a smirking Oscar Isaac. He's good from any angle. You gotta light him really warmly, though. That's the thing. You, like, you really gotta have warm light on Oscar Isaac. In, every in, single a, in time. a bar? Yes, because it's gonna stand out all the more. Like I said, Oscar Isaac, he works best in warm light. And then, um... As long as it's not purple. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, like, we really need to have those really funny, lighthearted bits, and then we need to go seriously all out with the murder. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right, so, Kyle, you've got a, a draft and a treatment from the studio. You've got some big names attached. Anna Kendrick, Oscar Isaac, A. Hemsworth. What do you All think? All of the Hemsworths. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. What, what do you think? Is this working uh, so, for you? So what kind of budget I'm, are you thinking? I'm, so I'm not I, – I, there's a few changes I want to see. I was really digging the writer wanting to do noir. We haven't done a proper noir in a long time, and I was really, you know, I was wanting those contrasting colors. I was thinking the murders, like, we'd have, like, that angular shadow of, like, a door frame on the floor, and then we just splash blood on the floor, like, in a very noir way. But, you know, if that kind of artistic stuff, I would like to see it. Some more noir stylized murders, but ultimately I'll leave in the hands of the director. I'm going to mess with the casting. I think Oscar Isaac is perfect. I was thinking him the whole time for the the uh, detective, so we're simpatico on that. Anna Kendrick, I don't think she can... She is not old-timey enough to pull off a noir set in the 20s. But you know who is? 
you know who even you know played Audrey Hepburn and the Aviator, Kate Blanchett. So I want to see Kate Blanchett in that lead role. And as far as the murderer, the problem with the Hemsworths, they're just all too pretty, and no one's gonna buy a evil murderer who's obsessed in love, but she doesn't see the love unless it's just like, and it's a noir. So I want these people. I want to cast an actor that looks like you remember. I don't know if you remember the uh, Dick Tracy live action movie where everyone looked kind of weird. So we're gonna have Clint Howard play the assistant slash murderer, and he doesn't need any makeup or anything to look weird and cartoony because he's Clint freaking Howard. Maybe we'll give him some Coke bottle glasses that will like magnify those weird ass bug eyes of his. But you know, we put him in a fedora and and a shirt and and a trench coat with some bug eye glasses, and that'll creep people out. He will play a good villain. He plays creeps well. So I do have to change those two. And if we we up the budget, so Kate Blanchett costs a lot more than Anna Kendrick. So to afford that, we can't do all the Hemsworth. So we just see we can get Clint Howard for literally like a bag of like spicy Takis and the promise to produce one of his brothers scripts down the road so that's what we're gonna do because you know if you need a, a middle down the road mediocre action film you look up ron howard and then clint will get more work so uh we'll get clint we'll, you know we'll pay him scale plus you know the deal with his brother down the road so we'll give this a nice like 40 million dollar budget so you can do like all the nice costumes you want but like you said you're not gonna we don't need much CGI or anything. A good chunk of that will go towards the actors because we're going to play, make sure Kate and Oscar are paid well. You don't need to pay Clint much. And then the rest will just populate with cheap character actors that know their stuff, whatever else you need. And then, yeah, just make, make it a little more noir for me. Wouldn't mind some inner monologue from Oscar Isaac, maybe voice over the whole thing or or from one of the other characters. But I, I really would like to hear that like inner monologue voice over the whole thing because I like noir. If you do the inner monologue, I'll give you an extra $8 million. All right, so we're going to send it back over to Kirsten, our writer. Some changes from the studio, some names. What do you think? Is this working for you, and what's coming in the next draft? Well, I have to say, I actually do quite appreciate the casting. I feel like this is definitely very on trend for your decade, and we could get a lot of people really interested. And they are good actors. I'll give them that. I think $48 million plus a bag of Takis is a very fair It's budget. a case. It's an entire, like, oh, a case. it's like a oh. palette of Takis. Because well, Clint Howard, he doesn't really keep that creepy orange pallor without mm-hmm. eating Is it Chile Limon mm-hmm. or Dinamita? I'm asking for a friend. Uh, I think it's the Chile Limon. Oh, Fantastic. Yeah. Well, very good. Um, I, I feel like this is a very fair budget. I do have to say, <laughs> I um, object a little bit to the how the murder of the Black Dahlia was changed to murders. So it seems like now there are going to be multiple murders in this movie. Um, so I, I suppose in the in her search for how to become the next Black Dahlia, our Kate Blanchett is going to, I, I guess, maybe uncover a murder ring that's happening around the Hollywood LA area. A murder ring. That's murdering. Yes, yes. Uh, Verb and noun. And in that way, we would be able to stylize these murders as much as uh, you seem to prefer. Um, I I do want to make sure that we do pull the focus back. Like you say with the inner monologue, I do want to make sure that the motives and the thoughts and um, everything the characters are doing is very, very clear. And that we're not straying a little bit too close to just the spectacle of how oddly serious 
serious you would like these murders to be portrayed in my character drama about an actress who is interested in macabre. But that's fine. That's fine. Uh, just, just give Kate a chance to be Kate on screen. You know, and as it is a noir, perhaps, although this would be a little more in your purview, if it were black and white, that would force us to be a little more artistic and to uh, focus a little more on the characters since you won't have that flashy red blood kind of mucking up my script. (laughs) So if we were maybe to begin the movie with Oscar Isaac in his office, maybe typing up a report. I do like those old timey typewriters and that click clack. And the entire movie can be not quite a flashback, but more him telling the story, which of course would then mean that that last scene when he is murdered, that would have to be him finishing his story, standing up, and then going to meet the murderer where that final, uh, hopefully sad, hopefully heart-wrenching, if we've done our job correctly, um, event will take place. And if the murders throughout the movie are toned down just a little bit, then you can go all out. Maybe that last scene, you can bathe in as much warm light as you like. We can bring it back to, uh, what are you doing in this year? Technicolor? I think we might be in Technicolor still. You could bring it to that. You know, make a big showing. Make a big spectacle. Scare the audience, if you will, with that jerk out of the black and white sort of noir film that we had been falling in love with for the past three and a half hours. But leave it till that last scene. All right. So, David, you've got some significant changes from your writer. You've got some more details. You've got some some notes from the studio. Is this working for you? And where does your vision go from here? Overall, I will say that it is extremely tolerable. I, uh, I I like Kate Blanchett. I think that I mean she stands the test of time. We can we can attest to the fact that mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett she's still alive. Quite actually. literally, yeah. yes, she's she's still alive and um, still kicking it, looking great. By the way, mm-hmm. I like the fact that there's going to be uh, equal kind of let's let's face it, sex appeal. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that uh, Kate Blanchett will uh, achieve a 100 percent attractiveness score no matter what the gender or sex orientation of your audience is. Indeed. She's just an objectively attractive person. And so... Um, and that, a good actress, if I'd like to put that on the table as well. Absolutely. Nobody does a solid mid-Atlantic better than Kate Blanchett. I mean, you saw her in Ocean's 37, right? I mean... Oh, well, I saw it a couple times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. So I like that change. As much as I wanted Miss Kendrick, I think Kate Blanchett's going to kill it there. Oscar Isaac, thank you very much. I knew for a fact that everybody would love that too. Clint Howard. Is he still alive? No comment. Clint Howard, I, I got to... Well, that's uh, that's a thing because, uh, you see, in certain people's timelines, Clint Howard has a slightly different legacy than in this... Sorry, not giving away too many specifics on that one. I think that maybe... I just just want to maybe go a little bit younger. I think that maybe if perhaps we got a Joel McHale or an Andy Samberg, I think that there might be some kind of sardonic and, you know, a c- comedic quality to that murderer. But uh, of course, everything's kind of, uh, they, they can go serious too when they need to. I think that I can do just fine with that budget. Uh, and the fact that we're going to go black and white is going to save us even more money, I think. We can get a little bit more marketing out of it too, because uh, I think we're going to need that. I think that maybe, just maybe, if uh, the final scene of the film, that final murder, all the most brilliant color that we can possibly bring in. Everything in the movie is black and white all the way until that final murder. Also, if he's murdered with a typewriter itself, poetic. 
All right. So, Kyle, you've got some hard work coming in from your writer and director to meet your demands and to write a cool story. What do you think? Is this working for the studio and how you yeah, market it? All this is working for me. Okay, I'll budge on Clint Howard, but you literally listed two more beautiful people to play. Like, the killer can't be beautiful. They have to be, or if they are beautiful, they have to be so weird that the weird belies their beauty. So we're going to do Crispin Glover instead. He's he's probably a good looking guy, but he's so weird that that kind of takes over everything else. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go with Crispin Glover as the killer slash assistant again. Down for the black and white. And if you want to do a color splash at the end, this is how we're going to market it. So, you know, podcasts are all the rage these days. And so we're going to get a, a team of like other great voice actors like Maurice LaMarche and John DiMaggio and the gal who does uh, most of the, I'm trying to spacing on her name. She does most of the My Little Ponies these days. Tara Strong. Tara Strong. We're just getting a host of the best voice actors in Hollywood. And we're going to do a whole series of, we're going to do world building of like radio dramas that exist during the time and commercials for fake stuff that will be part. And then we're also going to film them in like period gear, recording it, doing the old timey sound effects and release those as video content on YouTube and the thing that replaced Vine. I don't think there's anything that replaced Vine. So it'll be YouTube and maybe Twitter video. TikTok. Maybe. I don't even know what that is. But, uh, yeah, so we'll do kind of this kind of whole viral marketing campaign with, like, content that nerds are going to eat up. And we're going to get people Mm. excited for noir again by doing this world building. And then on top of that, you know, we'll do the standard. We'll have some cool trailers that don't reveal anything. They just, you know, show we have this beautiful cast and everything. And and really, maybe we'll we'll take a bunch of the footage that we cut from the film and use that for the trailer. So we kind of, like, fool people thinking it's one thing and, like, kind of get it because it's a mystery at the same time leave it then hopefully hopefully it works and then the other thing we're going to do we're going to have it hit video on demand and blu-ray just six weeks after it hits theaters we want six weeks so we can still be eligible for the award season but we want people who maybe can't get to the theater and all to watch it soon we want to build buzz and everything so we'll probably even submit it to uh some festivals like sundance and, and stuff first we'll do sundance we'll do a theater run and then like actually we'll do four weeks later we'll do a vod blu-ray release all right so i'm gonna plug the white dahlia into the movie machine and pull the lever which sounds like a theatrical scream so this movie actually does really well a lot of people really like it good critical acclaim they buy the the dvds you get a little bit of oscar buzz Uh, kate blanchett gets a a nomination for best actress does not win unfortunately but you guys are are well received Uh, hbo picks you guys up for a a longer run on their channel so uh, anybody who's got hbo gets to see it after the the fact and it's uh it goes on and, and for for some time the only downside is that the clint howard from another dimension travels to this one when he finds out about the success of this and the snubbing of this universe's Clint Howard. Uh, and this Clint Howard has an eye patch and a goatee, so you know he's evil. Um, and so you have this universe is Clint Howard and that universe is Clint Howard team up, and they become copycat killers for the the Black Dahlia and the White Dahlia. So there's this like they've been on the run for months and they keep killing people, mm. and they haven't been caught yet. And so you know, the reputation of the movie has been really soured by that. But this is the movie machine. You do have time travel magic. I mean, you had that already, I guess. But but, you know, we, we can go back and we can make any last minute changes if you wanted to. So starting with our writer, Kirsten, you have two minutes mm-hmm. whenever you're ready. 
Well, in terms of changes, honestly, I do stand behind my script. I don't know if I would change anything about the script in terms of all of the sort of outside content that we're going to be having, this world building. I think um, I would change to have those be maybe focus those on other murders happening around the same time. Bring a bit of light to true crime. True crime, I believe, is still a thing in your Going time. Strong. And so I, I just think that it would not only shine a light on people whose deaths may have gone completely ignored and do them a little honor, but, you know, just a good way to build up some buzz. In terms of the Howard Howard copycat killers, I can think of no better way to create a cult classic. And I, in fact, I think this is a, a weirder and more literal definition of cult classic. So I don't see how this is a bad thing. One thing that I'm, uh, I, I guess I should have expected is the deterministic nature of uh, cause and effect relationships throughout time streams. You see, we had undertaken this time journey to hopefully avert the Howard Howard copycat murders, but in our attempts to stop it, we ended up bringing it about. So really, I think fate is uh, a thing. As President Morissette says. Yes. Ironic. Very ironic. Don't you think? Yeah. Um... It's like rain on your wedding day. But um, I, uh, I, I'm i okay with it. The, the title is sticking Isn't in my Isn't she call, Canadian? How is that possible? Anything is possible. It's the future. Now, um... With the invention of time travel. There, there, there was a whole thing. There was a scandal. I have so many questions a, now. Does that mean we have at least legal weed now? <laughs> Spoilers. We've, we've already given away too much. Um, now, uh, one thing that's sticking in my craw a little bit is the title. I just... I don't think that I... I think the White Dahlia carries a few too many connotations that we don't necessarily want in there. I think that to better reflect the the now multiple murder aspect of this noir thriller slash um, deep character study, I think that um, we uh, should just call it Dahlia's. I think that if we uh, if we called it Dahlia's, that would uh, I mean it harkens back to the original Black Dahlia murder, obviously, while hinting that no, there's more. And I think that we've succeeded in creating the cult classic that stands the test of time in our time. Mm. So we've done our jobs. Mm. All right, Kyle, any last changes you want to make? Well, sure. Uh, I I do have some protections. Being a Hollywood producer, that my ultimate job is to make money. I don't really care that the Howards are killing people as long as it's, you know, people I don't know. Because, you know, capitalism is a machine and things happen and the movie made lots of money and I don't want to mess with that. So uh, I am going to use our friend's time machine. I did borrow it to borrow some new tech where I have a wristwatch and stuff that basically has like a Howard DNA tracker. So it lets me know if he's close and I can protect myself and I have a higher security guard so I'm safe and people I care about are safe I don't really care about anyone else and then I'm also going to hire Ava DuVernay to do a documentary about the Howard murders and make lots of money off of that I'll finance that give her all the access and I'll also give her one of the Howard DNA wristwatches so she doesn't die while making the film Mm. she'll have to give it back when the film releases because if she does die after releasing documentary that's just going to make the film make that much more money Mm -hmm. because it becomes Mm -hmm. like you know, like the ring VHS cassette kind of thing. Like it becomes like this weird cultural, you know, morose thing. Hopefully she doesn't die, but you know, I'll just protect her through filming, release her film and I'll make bank on Ava DuVernay's doc- Cause she's one of the best documentary filmmakers on the planet and time travel. I mean, it's not like there's John Claude Van Damme time cops that can stop them. Like, <laughs> like we can't do that. So do, do we tell them about, no, sorry. Um, 
So we'll just do that. I'll just make sure that I'm okay. And I, I can't stop a murderer from doing what he wants to do. He's just going to do it, or they are going to do it. There's mm. there's multiple of them. Laws so, are meaningless. Yeah, so I'm just going to say that I'm just going to make another film that capitalizes off this. I mean, if you can't make money off of you know, like the death of other people, what kind of capitalists are you? I mean, come on. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Some things don't change. Yeah. All right, so not a whole lot changes. You still make a great film that people seem to like a lot. However, there's one thing that does change, and that is there's a third Clint Howard now who is in a grease-stained clown uniform, and together they are the unstoppable killing trio. But, Kyle, your family is safe because of your Howard tracker. Yeah. So there you have it, folks, Dahlias. Thanks so much for joining us this week. And as always, we will leave you with a quote of wisdom from our current patron saint, Jaden Smith. My new album is so fucking sad, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, Mr. Howard? Mr. Howard, no, no. Mr. Howard, no! <laughs> oh, time to hit the button on the wristwatch. <laughs> so what this means is that uh, it seems we need to cut off your dimension while the Howards are all collected here. <laughs> We're going to have to cross the streams. <laughs> we got to just... Dude, we gotta cut off the limb somewhere. <laughs> yeah, eventually their cells will decay, and they'll be okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I think we just call that getting old. Yeah. Yeah.